Hollow Mountain Publishing presents The Pawn, book one of the Appalachian Storm series, written and performed by Diana Kilpack. Chapter 22. A Good Deed. Katie! Katie! Wake up! Someone is here to see you. Katie raised her head out of the pillow trying to see who was waking her up. Blinking a couple of times, she finally focused on her mother standing in the doorway. What? She said groggily. David Black is here. He wants to see you, her mother said. Katie laid her head on the pillow, her thoughts still unclear. Katie? Did you hear what I said? Yeah, David Black is. Whoa! David is here? Jumping up, Katie stumbled around, tripping over the huge black garbage bag Candace had given her. She crashed into the dresser, causing several knickknacks to fall on the floor. Are you all right? Her mother asked quietly. Katie glanced quickly at her mother, then frowned when it became obvious her mother was trying not to laugh. She tried to muster whatever dignity she had left. Um... Tell David I'll be right there. Watching her mother leave, she turned to the large garbage bag. She lifted it up and heaved it onto her bed. The bag rolled over and spilled some of its contents on the other side. Digging through her bare dresser, she came up with only one clean shirt. Reaching over and grabbing the jeans she wore the day before, she dressed. Dragging a brush quickly through her hair, she finally felt presentable enough to face David. He was standing in the living room with a big smile on his good-looking face. Good morning, sleepyhead. Her lips twitched. Hello. What are you doing here? Ignoring her question, David rubbed his hands together, giving her a mock, evil smile. I've got plans for you. What? Katie asked suspiciously. After all, David was Sam's brother. The possibilities were endless. I'm not telling until I have more control over you. He raised his eyebrows, still trying to look like an evil villain. Make sure you're dressed warm. I don't want you to get frostbite. Going back to her bedroom, Katie dressed as warm as she could with her limited wardrobe. Coming back into the living room, she heard her mother ask David how long they would be gone. Several hours, he replied. Hearing her mother's parting, have fun, she was off. Katie waded through the new fallen snow, crawling into David's old jeep. David patted the steering wheel. This old Jeep doesn't drive as well as your car, which, by the way, I'm very happy to drive. It's nice when you and Sam go off on your secret rendezvous. My Jeep is the only thing that'll make it where we're going. Where are we going? Katie asked innocently. Laughing, David put the gear shift into reverse. I have to get you away from your safe, warm house before I tell you anything. Katie waited patiently not wanting to distract him while he negotiated the hazardous roads. When they were finally started driving on cleared roads, she felt it was safe enough to ask again where they were going. Almost there, was his only reply. Pulling over to the side of the road, Katie sat up in her seat to look around. They were in a quiet neighborhood. The older homes were small, with small yards. Some cars were barely visible, as the snow plows almost completely buried them. Suspicious, Katie folded her arms and turned her body to face David. 
What are we doing here? David had the grace to look a little uneasy. Sam told me about your problem with Miss Smith. What? She said before he could say anything else. Katie was shaking her head. No way. Sam said you would act like that. That's why she told me not to tell you till we got here. Katie, still shaking her head, glanced out the window, wondering where the old lady lived. Then she decided she didn't care. You need to take me home right now. David tapped his fingers on the steering wheel. Just listen to the plan, okay? He said, sounding remarkably like Sam. Katie sat there, her posture defiant. Okay, let's hear the plan. David eyed her wearily. He must have decided this was his only chance to explain. I did my Eagle Scout project in this neighborhood, so I know most of the residents here. He pointed his finger towards a little blue house. Miss Smith lives there. Katie took a greater interest in her surroundings. What was your project? David smiled. Most of the people who live here are older. Some of them want to live in their homes as long as possible. Some residents have been ripped off by contractors promising to do the work around the homes, then take their money, then leave without doing the work. Indignation welled up in her chest. That's just horrible. Understandably, they're cautious. They're also getting too old to do the work themselves. Some members of my church and family did quite a lot of work for most of the homes here. Katie wondered where she was when all of this was going on. She wouldn't have minded helping. David pointed to the cars now buried. Every time it snows, cars get buried. It's hard for the residents to get out. I still come out here, shovel snow, clear the driveways, dig out the cars, things like that. Katie looked out over the snow-covered homes. That's very kind of you. I'm not telling you this because... He stopped, shaking his head. The reason why I'm telling you this is to give you some background. He started drumming his hands on the steering wheel. My plan to help you with Miss Smith is for you to help me shovel snow. First of all, he said, holding up his finger, we won't be singling her out. We will be doing something for the whole street. Second, he held up another finger, she will see you out here and have to see you're the good person we know you to be. Third, he held up another finger, she will soon soften her heart towards you and give you a break. Katie sat there for a moment. I think you're doing a really good thing here. I have absolutely no problem shoveling snow. She paused a moment, gathering her thoughts. I think you're wrong about Miss Smith. Her anger runs deep. She shook her head. Far deeper than what the normal situations called for. We'll see, David said confidently, opening the jeep door. Katie got out, followed him to the back of the jeep. He started pulling out shovels, handing her a smaller shovel. They both got to work. After only half an hour, Katie wanted to quit. It was freezing. Not wanting David to see what a wimp she was, she continued. Katie glanced around here. They had only uncovered one car and partially cleared one driveway. Looking down the street, Katie counted a total of seven homes. Removing snow was going to take all day. She was going to freeze to death before they finished the first house. It would be much nicer, she thought, if I could do this in wolf form. She would be unable to use the shovel, but at least be toasty warm. Just the thought of it caused heat to fill her chest, which in turn warmed her. She let the heat course through her body as if she was going to change, but stopped it from actually happening. Heat and energy surged through her body. This feels more like it, she thought. They finished the first house. David led her back to the jeep, where he pulled out a thermos of hot chocolate. 
Turning on the vehicle, he started up the heat. Katie adjusted her own body heat accordingly. She didn't have to concentrate very hard. This was a really cool trick. She could hardly wait to share it with the others. I think you're doing awesome, David said, interrupting her thoughts. What? Sam usually makes me take two breaks per house, David explained. We're going to get done in record time. Where's Sam today? Sam had some responsibilities at church today. Besides, she thought you'd get suspicious if she showed up too. Yeah, she's probably right. Katie took a sip of hot chocolate, not really needing it. You're not supposed to work on Sunday, are you? This is different. How? David put the lid on the thermos. This is a service project. We're helping people. That is a really good thing to do on Sunday. Turning the key off, David got out of the Jeep. Taking his cue, Katie followed. Crossing the street, they started working on the next house. Miss Smith's home was the fourth house they approached. Eyeing the home warily, Katie followed David's lead and immediately started digging out the car. Keeping an eye on the home, she saw the curtain move a couple of times. David seemed to notice, too. Smiling towards Katie, I believe she's seen us. It's going to work. Getting a little nervous, Katie kept working. Walking up the drive, David started working on the small sidewalk, while Katie stayed on the driveway. A red light caught Katie's attention. Looking up, she stopped when a sheriff's car pulled up. David started walking towards the car, a puzzled look on his face. A middle-aged man got out of the car, zipping up his jacket. Hello, David. Hello, Sheriff Tate, David said in a friendly voice. Katie walked slowly down the driveway, dragging the shovel behind her. Instinctively, she knew why the sheriff was here. We have a complaint of trespassing and vandalism, the sheriff informed David. David shrugged his shoulders, looking around. We've been here a couple of hours, Sheriff. I haven't seen anyone out here but us. Katie thought David was a little slow on the uptake. The sheriff looked down at his feet, nodding his head. The complaint is about you and your friend. Katie glanced behind her. She saw the curtains twitch as a shadow backed quickly away from the window. What? David's shocked face looked around the snow-covered neighborhood. person who called wants to press charges. They want me to arrest both of you and bring you down to the station. Stunned, David stood there, not quite comprehending. I have been coming here helping these people. His voice trailed off. He shook his head. Katie stepped up and grabbed his arm. I'm sure all the people on the street appreciate you, David. There's only one person who called. Isn't that right, officer? The sheriff nodded his head. I know the good things you've been doing here. The sheriff looked towards the little blue house. Frankly, I don't understand why today is any different. Katie could feel David's gaze on her before he turned back towards the sheriff. What happens now? I'm not going to arrest you. The sheriff kicked the ice forming behind the tire well. I just thought I'd come out, tell you about the complaint. Thanks, sheriff. I appreciate it. We'll be leaving. Katie gripped David's arm. We have to finish. The sheriff looked over, his eyes narrowing. We won't work on the house of the complainer, she tried to explain. The others shouldn't be penalized because of the one. That's up to you, the sheriff turned and opened his car door. I'm sure the other residents would agree. David and Katie watched the cruiser pull away in silence. His movements jerky, David started walking towards the jeep. Where are you going? Home. Katie followed, trying to catch up. We need to finish. No, we don't. She grabbed his arm. We need to talk about this. Do you know how much work I've done for these people? David waved his arm towards the homes. 
Do you have any idea the hours I spent shoveling snow, mowing lawns, and fixing things? Raising his voice, it was shaking with emotion. I have actually grown to care about these people. For what? What do I get in return? Only one person called the cops, Katie tried to explain. You cannot tell me Miss Smith has ever acted grateful for the things you did for her. David paused in his tirade, a stunned look on his face. She hasn't, has she? Katie brought home her point. Never once did she ever let you know she was grateful for the things you did for her. She could tell he was listening. I bet you and Sam worked harder on her house than any of the others. She pointed her finger against his chest. I can just see you and Sam trying to kill her with kindness, while the crotchety old lady gave you two nothing but grief. David looked down, his shoulders slumped. That woman has a hatred and anger that runs deeper than, than the Grand Canyon. Katie pointed to the other homes. You cannot penalize these other good people because of her. She lifted her shovel onto her shoulder. I'm going to finish this. You can either help me or go home. I don't care. Katie started walking towards one of the unfinished homes and started shoveling. A couple of minutes later, she heard the sound of another shovel scraping the concrete. The sun was lowering in the sky when David pulled into Katie's driveway. For the rest of the day, David hardly said two words to her. She hoped this episode hadn't killed their friendship. Katie opened the jeep door when David reached out and grabbed her arm. I just want to thank you. I didn't. Yes, you did, David interrupted. You were right. The other residents had repeatedly warned me about her. I didn't want to listen. Did you notice she waited until after we uncovered her car before she called the cops? David shook his head, a wry smile forming. No, I didn't. She probably thinks you're going to forget all about it by the time the next snow falls. I'm not going to forget this for a long time. David let go of her arm. I'll see you tomorrow. Getting out of the Jeep, Katie waved goodbye and headed towards her house. Her mother was sitting on the couch. She gave her mother a quick rundown of their activities for the day. Heading to the bedroom, she saw the large garbage bag on her bed. She walked around her bed to the other side where the contents were spilled over. She paused, grinning from ear to ear. She grabbed her cell phone and called Sam. Get over here! Now! Bring Lizzie! By the time Sam came over in David's Jeep, Katie had everything organized. Sam and Lizzie squealed in delight, seeing the piles of clothes. Most of the outfits still had price tags on them. All the items were top-of-the-line designer quality. It was Christmas all over again. Hi, this is Diana Kilpack. I hope you've enjoyed this week's chapter of The Pond, the first book in the Appalachian Storm series. Until next week, and our imaginations meet again, have a great day.